What's up, everybody? Thanks again for stopping by for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. My YouTube is March4thPod. My website is March4th.podbean.com. If you guys made it here, that means you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of March 4th with Mike Baum and Podcast. I hope that everybody had a wonderful holiday season, whatever it is that you celebrate, man. I hope you got a chance to spend some time with some loved ones. Happy New Year to everyone. Everybody on here, man, thank you so much for for coming by this this podcast and, and rocking with me. Whether you're a first-time listener, whether you're a long-time listener, whether you're somebody who hopped on that pirate ship last year, thank you so much, man. I hope 2024 is your best year yet. I am super excited to get things rocking and rolling this year just in my life and, 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 and in the podcast. There's been so many changes that have gone on in my life over the past four years since 2020. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate, you know, from the start of the pandemic, there was just, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it feels like we've been in an alternate universe, man. But all that being said, like, I'm very happy with where my life is present day. I'm actually recording this on New Year's Day, the intro and uh, close to the show that is on, on New Year's Day. So it just feels really good to to have a clean slate. And that's that's the great thing about the beginning of the year. You know, whatever goals you have, whether they're mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, business-wise, creative-wise, this is the time to manifest, y'all. This is the time, whether you want to make a vision board, whether you want to journal it, whether you want to, you know, save it in your notes app in your phone, whatever the case is, man, get after it. We get one life to live. Tomorrow isn't promised to anybody, man. So, uh, you know, just be confident in, in going in the direction of your dreams and be confident in yourself, man, because there's only one you, there's only one me. And uh, we get one life to live, man. So so I really genuinely mean it from the bottom of my heart when I say thank you to everybody who rocks with the podcast um, and, and people who have helped it become what it's becoming. You know, it, it there was good growth in 2023, uh, more new listeners, more features. You know, I, I was fortunate to get featured in Canvas Rebel and Bold Journey. You know, both, both are really awesome online publications, you know, shining a spotlight on up and coming creators and, and business owners and stuff like myself. And, um, you know, beyond that, man, just the, the positive feedback that I've been getting from both guests and listeners alike has been really cool, man. So thank you to all of you. I love you all. And I, like I said, man, I'm stoked for 2024. I just feel really great about the direction of my life, the direction of this show. And I feel really blessed to be in the position that I am in today, you know, cause it's been rocky at times these past few years, man. And, um, I'm in a really good place. Thanks to therapy. Thanks to friends and family who have stuck by my side. Thanks to doing this show, having a creative outlet, you know, to, to, to put all this stuff out there, all the stuff that I love to do, man, with connecting with people and speaking with people and talking about persevering and moving forward and chasing dreams and overcoming, you know what I mean? And taking people through the darkness to get to the light. Cause that's what we all do, man. So, you know, March 4th, I hope that all of you March 4th in 2024 and I hope that all of you continue to chase your dreams and become the best versions of yourselves, man. Because like I said, life is short. And, um, you know, if, if 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 you're in the right mindset and, and you surround yourself with the right people, a lot of great things can happen, man. And speaking of great things happening, 
I don't want to rant too much in, in the intro. I have a tendency to do that a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm really stoked to to have this guy as the first kickoff episode of 2024. Not only does 24, like that number mean something to me on a personal level, it was my favorite number to play in, in basketball. Uh, and, and I've loved it ever since. But this guy and I go way back, man. We've been buddies since 2011, so going on a decade and a half, which makes me uh, makes me it makes me feel very old. But uh, but we both still look good, man. I'm 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 I not one to toot my own horn, but we both look great for our age. But uh, he's a great guy, man. Very talented musician, very humble cat, and uh, most of all, a kind, good-hearted human being. He is none other than my friend. Ryan Waiten of the band Tropic Bombs. They are from my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. If you love hip hop, if you love rock, if you love reggae, if you love metalcore, they take all of it and they put it in a blender for a really dope and unique sound. I, I want to say Ryan and Johnny Boy initially hatched it back in like 2009 before they were even a fully fleshed out band. They were just jamming together and John left his distortion on and it made this cool like reggae heavy reggae sound. And it just went from there, man, uh, 15 years ago, almost now. And then they came out with their debut album, Nuclear Honeymoon in 2012. And I chronicled their whole journey, man, uh, in the Toledo music scene in Northwest Ohio. They became one of the one of the biggest draws there. They would put on great shows at a place called Frankie's Inner City. They would do midsummer meltdown shows where they bring in other bands and people would dress up and tropical attire and they actually brought that back this year for the first time in years um just with all the craziness the past couple of years with covid and even in their own camp you know changes in the band and whatnot and uh ryan got in touch with me because he i knew they were working on new music and he got in touch with me and said mikey and he knows he's welcome on the podcast every time the bumper music that you guys hear on this show in terms of the the intro music uh the 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 in-between music that goes in between my my rants here at the beginning, the conversation, and then my rant at the end, that's all Tropic Bombs. And I knew they've, they've been working on new music for a while, but I didn't really know exactly what was in store. I didn't know if it was a new album. I didn't know if they were going to do more vinyl because they just did uh, a 10-year edition, uh, special edition vinyl, a limited run uh, for, for Nuclear Honeymoon that came out in 2022. I believe, yeah, it was in 2022. And uh, so I didn't know what was up, you know, but but I was like, of course, dude, we can get you back on. And I actually don't even really want to give it away here in the intro other than to say they have a really awesome opportunity for anybody who's down to be part of something really, really cool that they're working on. But they, they're not just doing a new album. They're not just doing vinyl. They're doing something that is very, very unique. In fact, so unique that I've I've never heard of anybody that I can think of, and I love music, doing something quite like they're doing when it comes to a new music release. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with my friend, Ryan Waiten of Tropic Bombs. Here it is. Well, there we go, my man Ryan Waiten, aka Lion. I uh, I'm excited to get you back on here, man. Obviously, we're buds, and we and we message each other. And uh, as of recording this, we will have seen each other over the Christmas break. But I'm just gonna hold up my drinky poo, even though the listeners can't see it, and say, "Cheers, my friend. It's good to have you." 
And uh, I know you've been working in the studio, and I do my little preamble before the actual conversation, so I won't preface too much. I think we should just dive right in because I know you've been teasing stuff, and you've kind of been putting some stuff out there. We last saw each other in the summer when you guys resurrected the Midsummer Meltdown, and it was a really awesome show. Um, probably the most emotional version of Light the Way I've ever seen, given given the the sad loss of of a close friend. Um, I digress, but it was a beautiful tribute. And um, and I know you guys have been working on new stuff, so let's just get right into it. What is go What is going on? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm excited, you know, I'm sure you'll say it in your intro, but just to reiterate, like, I'm really excited to tell you because, um, you know, usually, Mike, I love that you, you're such a professional and that you know what's going on, you know what to ask about because you're like, oh yeah, I know this is happening with you guys. And the whole fun of this one is just, I wanted to leave you in the dark. Um, now you're still like, because we're doing this podcast, you're still one of the first people to know for sure um so you know as as you know we've been working forever on a new album it's it's taken years because of the pandemic because of just life man just people having having adult stuff to do having kids getting married having deaths in the family like stuff got in the way of us getting together and we are finally, finally to the point where we are almost 100% done with tracking the album, which is exciting to me. Um, and that includes, you know, it's our first time really given the full new studio a go that I took so long building and figuring out. And it's been, it's been awesome, man. Um, so what I want to tell you, which then in turn you're going to help me tell others, is exactly how this album is going to unfold and how it's going to be different than anything we've done. And honestly, and this is hard to say in the music world, different than anything I've ever seen any band do. <laughs> Which is a big statement. It's a big statement. It's a big statement. But I, I believe that to be true. <clears throat> so I want you to just, I just want you to imagine something, Mike. Remember, remember when you were like, uh, when we were kids and, you're in school, maybe it's even like preschool, and they're like, you know, lie on your back and close your eyes. Just imagine this waterfall or whatever. They're telling you to picture some something that's not there. That's yeah. kind of what I want you to do here, okay? Yeah. So let's just say you get, you order this new Tropic Bombs album. You've been waiting a long time to see what this is all about. We kept it very under wraps. You get this album in the mail. It's a vinyl, by the way. So you got your large format art and everything because people seem to love so much the 10-year Nuclear Honeymoon release, which was largely in part thanks to you, you and me talking, by the way. But So you get this vinyl record in the mail, and you're like, oh my god, it's here. The new Traffic Bombs album. Want to see what these dudes are up to. So on the front cover is... Picture like '80s B movie action. Like, definitely didn't make it to the theaters. <laughs> definitely might have been in like Blockbuster or something if you went through one of the like 
sections like that are cult classic or something where like picture like the Aldi version of Rambo. And I don't even have any hate for Aldi, man. I go there. But I'm just saying like you know what I'm talking about. Like it's not Sylvester Stallone. It's not even like a B-list celebrity. It's like people you've never heard of, but you're like this kind of looks like Rambo. It looks like there's some explosions, some choppers, some palm trees. And there's a bunch of people on the front in that 80s movie fashion where it's just like the whole cast and everybody's like holding guns and like almost painted. It's like they took the picture, but then they went back and painted it. And it just says escape from Bomber Bay. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. So, okay, you got this album in front of you and you open it up. And by that, what I mean is is not that you pull the record out of the, the sleeve jacket like you did with our last one. What I mean is you actually open it up like a book because this time it's gatefold packaging. Which, for those of you who don't know what that is, like I said, it's not just one cover that is front and back. It actually opens like a book, so it's like a double-wide album. So, you open this up. And inside, the art is an actual, ridiculous, but sweet-looking board game map. Almost in, like, Dungeons & Dragons style. I see you smirking, Mike. I see you, like, where this is going. I'm visualizing it. It, it is, yes. It is this world that we have created that's Tropic Bombs-themed. It's something to do with this bomber bay. There's all these different zones. And as you open up further, you find these playing cards inside the packaging. And there's a ton of them. And then you realize that this isn't just a map. This is an actual playable strategy game that is not only a vinyl record album, but is a full-fledged board game, Tropic Bombs-themed, chock full of inside jokes and lore if you will from the band um could be scenarios on the card about things that happened at a show or whatever and it's a fully playable game totally 80s neon ridiculous themed the album itself is bright colored it's clear with different neon splattered paint everywhere it just looks insanely 80s and cheesy and b-movies and it combines our love for everything uh, that we loved growing up. And that's what you get in this package. So you really have an album that is sort of the soundtrack to a board game that you can now play with your friends. Dude, that is I'm gonna I'm gonna clap away from the mic. <laughs> Too loud. That is bleeping sick. That like I'm so you basically have like a tropic bombs, uh, yeah. You you have created like your own interactive, like bringing like comic book graphic novel to life, turning it into a game, but also being like so it's basically like a concept album, but instead of just having a concept album with artwork. It's a concept album where you're actually in the game itself with trading cards and a gatefold 
album that you open up. That is, for, yeah, I don't know of anybody that's ever done that. So I don't think that's a bold statement to make. I I can't think off the top of my head of any artist. That I searched is, and couldn't find any. <laughs> there's album variants, there's limited editions, there's all of that stuff. But to actually have like, you can listen to this record and have trading cards and play a game along with it when you open up the gatefold. That is sick, dude. That is freaking awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. And Thank I know Tom is like a big like video game guy, right? So yeah, can I ask you, how did how did the 80s kind of what made you guys want to hatch the theme of it? And for people who listen to Tropic Bombs, so let's fill the let's fill the listeners in a little bit. Cause some people, let's just assume there's some people who aren't who aren't aware of Tropic Bombs. The oh, first thing sure. is definitely finish this interview and go back and check out the music. Um, I probably already mentioned in the intro that they're the bumper music of the show, which Ryan lets me use royalty free, by the way. Um, I don't get charged every time I use that for the show. But um, Bomber Bay is referenced in all of their music. That goes back to the very first LP, Nuclear Honeymoon. So Bomber Bay has been central to what you guys have done for a long time. And you have done a map before, which was really sick. Um, so this is, this is continuing that theme, but it's just building it out on another level and making it really immersive and interactive, which is freaking awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, uh, gosh, <laughs> it's really crazy. So when we did that, we did a vinyl. So, you know, you were again, just assuming that some people don't know, um, our first album in this band was Nuclear Honeymoon. That was in 2012. It was a full album. And that's what really, like, carried us through for a few years of just doing shows and, like, meeting a bunch of people and just developing our sound and, like, people being like, what, what is this? You know, very vibrant, bright colored, even, like, everything about it, we tried to just be genuinely ourselves. And it didn't matter if other bands were trying to look a certain way or the everything back then was, like, everything in rock was like very dark colors and you only wear jeans and black t-shirts on stage and you're a dork if you do anything else. And it's like, that's fine. But we just, that it wasn't us, man. So we just kind of went with the most, we were like, what would we, uh, what do you want to call this first of all? And what art would, if I were walking through like a record store or at back then it would have been like just any sort of place that sold CDs it's like, what art would grab my attention and make me be like, I have to see what this is all about. And that's what we did. So fast forward 10 years later, we end up doing, um, you know, we've done tours, out of town shows, music videos, festivals, whatever, you name it. And we're like, man, what do we want to do that we haven't done in any of our bands, let alone this one, which has definitely grown to be our uh, most involved in our life, you know? Um, and we're like, dude, we've never done a vinyl. And I remember, Mike, you had said, you had kind of brought it to my attention in one of our conversations or podcasts. Like, dude, I can't believe it's been 10 years or coming up on 10 years of Nuclear Honeymoon. And I was like, yeah, gosh, that's crazy. And you were like, are you doing anything special for it? And I, I was like, no, but we should. And honestly, that conversation is what led to me looking into the vinyl which i had looked into before but it's so expensive to make especially as a more local or regional band like that's not on label support 
um, it's so expensive to make. And that's why a lot of people don't do it and to do it the right way. Like you can get like low audio quality cuts of like records and you know, that's still cool for some bands and some sounds, but we wanted it to accurately reflect all the effort we put into the recording, which we do ourselves as well. So when we did that, we made like a hundred copies, which actually ended up being a few more, but they that was received really well and we just loved how much we could give to people as far as like putting notes in there and putting a download card and showing all this extra art and these pictures and it was so much more um it was so much more for somebody to have versus just you know even like any other physical format that you could buy music in which people have gotten away from that in some ways but i don't know it just felt so great and I'm so proud of it. But you know me, Mike. I've I'm never I'm I don't want to say never satisfied because I'm I'm very happy with everything we we do and everything that everyone has given to us and support. I I'm always happy with that. But I always want to take it to the next level the next time, right? Yeah. So my first thing was, hey, <clears throat> what we couldn't do last time, which I would have loved to do, was colored vinyl. Just because, again, we're a very vibrant, like, colorful band, and we had the option of either black or what's called eco mix, which is what we did last time, and it just happened to work out great. And that's where they, I'm talking for the actual record itself when you pull it out of the packaging, that's where they take um, leftover blends of colors that were extra from other prints, and they just hodgepodge it together and it could look like any sort of garbage. It's luck of the draw, but it saves you money. It turned out really cool on our album, but I was like, man, I really want to choose the color. And Crumb had said before, like, dude, that'd be so sweet to get colored vinyl and all this. And then I, the other thing I wanted to do, which is also even more expensive, is the gatefold packaging. Because to me, when I get a vinyl record, a lot of the times the way I choose uh, what version I'm getting, because, you know, for people that don't know, that's the whole fun of records is like there's a lot of different versions that you can get of like big bands records. You might get their normal LP or you might get their 10 year anniversary one that is like a different color and has additional information or pictures or whatever. I always go for the stuff that has the extra pictures, lyrics, content, stuff I didn't know, stuff I've never seen. Because to me, even though the music is what made me fall in love with it, I've heard that, I have that. I want to to have something else that lets me feel a little closer with the band um, and like a little more on the, the inside of what they're doing. And, you know, I geek out about other bands just the way that some people that listen to us get really into what we're doing so i also wanted to provide that to the people that feel that way about us and believe me it's still pretty surreal to think that there are any people that actually feel that way about us but the more that i see people what'd you say I said, oh, come on, man. You know, you know how much, you know how much the, the bomb squad and everybody, man. Like... You know, they just always show up and they always show how much they're into what we're doing. And like, I'm sure there are some people that just 
love us because they're our friends and family and they just want to support us and that's awesome but there are also people that have said like no man like we want to know like we want to see the background videos of what you're doing and all this and that so we want to continue to provide that and not just slim things down and go with crappier quality streaming because it's just easier and more convenient um yeah we're not all about that so i thought dude colored vinyl gatefold i can't stand when i get a gatefold album in the mail and i open it up waiting for all this art on the inside and it's like a blank double-sided 12 inch by 24 inch just blank one color and it's like dude you didn't even use this space at all like give give your fans something there you know so I started thinking about like, man, what would I do if we could do this? And also, how could I make it actually worth doing and affordable? Because in order to do this, in order, you know, you we can't order like 50,000 copies of this to be pressed because we're never going to sell that many. You have to order a, a short run, a small amount. Well... The fewer you order, the more expensive they are per unit. So, like, if you're a major band and you're pressing 50,000 copies and people don't know this, you know, they're going to get it at, like, they can make them for, like, three or four bucks a pop because they get a bulk deal. And then they turn around and sell them for mad profit. For us, you know, if we're ordering 100, 200, whatever, that is going to be, like, a lot of money each. I've seen quotes up to like $40 a piece to make a vinyl record. I'm like, well, you can't even turn around and sell that for any more than that. You know what I mean? For just a yeah. normal vinyl. So, yeah, and 40 times 200, if I'm doing it, that's like, yeah, what, $800? Right? Or eight, am I doing my math right? 40 times 200? Is that 8,000? Am I? 8,000, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I took math for liberal arts in college, folks. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's, that's just like, I'm not saying that's like what it is every time, but that's just to do like some standard it's a good art chunk stuff of stuff like that. Especially for, for an independent band. Yeah. I mean, if we're, if you're talking, <laughs> I said 800 bucks. That would be, be forty awesome. times 20, Mikey. Um, that would be awesome if it was. Yeah, sorry, no, I didn't mean to step on you, but no, man, like that's yeah, like I, people, people don't realize, and that's and that's why I always appreciate when bands do really cool stuff, and you guys have always done cool stuff. Like I remember the first time I got the Nuclear Honeymoon CD, and you told me, um, I still, dude, I still remember we were in the parking lot at um culture clash records the old location in toledo this is getting a little inside baseball for people who aren't from toledo but they're they're in they're in the downtown toledo area now right yeah the store it used to be over in west toledo literally like right where i grew up i grew up in the neighborhood right behind there and um you had your saturn and you <laughs> had this in the trunk of your car and I still remember you giving me the physical copy and you were going to give it to me. And I said, like, no, dude, I'm going to pay you for it because I know how much you put into this. And it's like, and that's the other thing people don't realize the hours and hours and hours and hours of a record. And, and, and I, I feel like you'll probably agree when I say this, because I've, 
uh, and I don't want to sound like uppity when I say this, but I, I've talked to enough artists to know that even when an album's done, it's never really done because people who work it go, I wish we would, oh man, the mix, maybe we could have done this or maybe it could have like, it's, it's a oh, never, yeah. like you're never totally satisfied. So I'm like, what $10 to me for all that work you put in. And I remember you put me, um, you like thanked me, like Mike Baum and Toledo Free Press, you know, and it, it's still like, it's still like when I think about it, it still gives me like this positive feeling to know that um, like I've helped impact anything in a positive way. And obviously we've had a friendship that's, that's lasted now for over a decade. Um, we were both in our like mid twenties when we met each other, we're two years apart. And it's, it's crazy to think that that was uh, 2011 now. Uh, that we that we met I digress but I still remember getting that and thinking like this is this is crazy I've been immortalized on somebody's album you know what I mean just for like trying to be cool and like not and not even trying to be cool I shouldn't even say that like because I'm a total nerd I don't look at myself as cool at all but like um I felt really good to um I felt really good to be part of something where somebody like you don't do the things that you do for recognition but when 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 you are able to be part of something in there and i definitely feel like at that time and we've talked about it in past conversations where you know you guys were part of a, a resurgence in the, in the local music scene and and it wasn't just like hey look at us we're tropic bombs we're the the baddest mofos on the block it was just like hey we want to put on great shows we want to have fun we want to take it back to the days when like once over and all the bands would play at headliners and Frankie's and there'd be all these great shows. And we, we want that again. And, um, and I just happened to be a guy that was graduating from college right around the same time and loved music and had the opportunity to cover the local scene and, and also get the chance to geek out and, um, a little bit selfishly cover, you know, bands that I, that I love that were playing through the area too. Like it was cool to be able to, to talk to Ray from Corn and Morgan from Seven Dust and these bands oh, that yeah. I grew up listening to. But it was, it was equally as awesome. And I always tell people this, and it's so true. Like to be the the gratitude that that I would get back from local bands, you know, it might have been their first interview or their only interview. And, and I remember, I still remember John, and again, I'm not saying this to like put myself on a pedestal. So I really hope it doesn't come off that way. It's probably just me being self-conscious and prefacing like I always do. I digress. I'll never forget sitting with you and John at, um, I think it's Big B Coffee now or yeah. Um, yeah. over on Central Avenue, Central Park West. And it's sitting actually, up. it's SIP now, but it was, yeah, Big B before that was yeah. something else. Socially infused people, I think you is is what it stands for. But but at the time it was a different thing. And I remember, I remember you saying um, it was either you or John, where you're like, dude, we reached out to literally like everybody in the local media, and you were <laughs> the first one of the first people or the only people to get back to us and do a story. And that was way back in 2011, and we've been buddies since. And it just so to get that record to tie my rant back together here, because I'm not trying to um, steal the show here, man. Because it's about it's about y'all. It's not about me, but just to give people an idea of like our friendship and how far back this goes. But to 
to do something because I love to do it. Like writing was something that I enjoyed since I was a kid. Music is something I've enjoyed since I was a kid. And and to feel like I was part of, you know, giving a voice to to people like yourself who are really talented and um deserve the shine and 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 the experience that you guys had in the music scene and to be part of covering that, it, it was a really special time, man. So to like see my name immortalized on a record, it was almost like it was like Wayne's world, like I'm not worthy, you know, like who am I? I'm just I'm just this dude out here writing feature stories, man. But um, but yeah, that was a special moment, and I'll never forget that, dude. So thank you. So it's cool to see that all these years later, it's still that important to you to like give your fans and the people who care about the music and the people who showed up to all the Midsummer Meltdown shows something to really look forward to and something really special. And I'm honored that you're sharing it here on this show because um I have the opportunity to talk to to so many different artists over the years, and I feel really grateful. And um, and it's uh, you know, people people need to know that it doesn't matter if you sell a million records or you sell five hundred, but those five hundred are freaking ride or dies, man. Like, you know, you're you're checking the boxes of the cool things that you want to do as a musician, and I think it's really cool, man. And that's not the whiskey talk. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, thanks. And, you know, it's like, yes, all that stuff that you said, like, it really is about building a community of people because, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, music is something that I think everybody can, can grasp to or cling to, you know, grasp um, at when they're, when they are in need of whatever it is they're in need of. And, and, you know, we go through life, none of us gets through unscathed. So music's such a powerful thing. And to me, it goes beyond the music. Like, um, we, we really couldn't do this. We could do this. We could sit and write songs together, but like it wouldn't, we'd get some, some things that we get now, we would get out of just doing that. Cause we do get a lot of personal enjoyment, of course. That's the first thing out of writing our music. But like to be able to share it and have people actually care and surround it and just be there with us is the best feeling. And so that goes back to why we try to do things like this. So, you know, you had asked a bit ago, um, what, how did we get onto this? Like, how did we decide to do this? Right. I mean, because it's a pretty outlandish idea. <laughs> um, so what I would, I guess where, where I started talking about the money, the reason I did that was because I thought, dude, I looked up the, I looked at some prices um, and, you know, the, the website or the company we went through for those vinyls last time is really, really awesome. And it turns out they did some of my favorite vinyls that I bought. Like, I think I've told you they did the Aesop Rock um, vinyls and the art and like, dude, he's, by the way, listen to his new album if you haven't integrated tech solutions oh my god but anyway um i just they had they did his and then i actually just found out that, that they did some of the thrice albums that i listened to and so i'm like dude we we have ours going through the same company that does thrice and asap rock vinyl so it's it's just so great i'm not willing to sacrifice quality um just to save some money so i'm going to do whatever it takes to raise the money so 
when I was thinking of that, I thought, well, the prices to do this are just so high, especially because we haven't been playing shows, which is where you make most of your money over time is playing shows regularly, selling merch, and we just hadn't been doing that. So we'd have little bits of money trickling in here and there from sales and um, the Bomb Squad subscription on the website. That's always so great when people are contributing, even though it's five bucks only, it does add up, you know, um, month to month. So I was looking at this and I'm going, well, in order to be able to afford this, we'd have to sell this at a higher price than a normal vinyl, right? And I'm like, so how could I make it worth that price? I want to give people more than just here's some songs. And I was like, well, we're going to jam pack it with art, all that stuff we talked about, background info, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, how do I utilize this space on the inside to make it worth doing the gatefold? And I was like, it was right around that time that we were um, having a lot of fun finishing up our opening track off this album, which is, um, gosh, I don't know if I, if I want to give it all away, but basically it, let's just say there's a lot of eighties kind of like inspiration behind that song. Not so much in how the music plays out, but just like, the themes um i like to write about like other pop cultural culture and media like uh for instance our song even if i were from way back in the day that oh. was my take on that's that was my take on the movie the green mile and what happens after what i think happens after the green mile ends and so i like to do that i like to write about silly stuff serious stuff and we were just in a silly mood. And I was like, dude, this song is so heavy. It's probably the heaviest song we've ever done. And it opens the album. And by the way, it's one where John wasn't really available. So it's just me and Crumb wrote the whole thing. And then we got, we have Alan, of course, recording the bass. But like Crumb and I wrote this whole song. And it just, Crumb and I, dude, <laughs> we were just going nuts. It's a lower tuning than we're, than you're used to hearing us in. Just that song is... And I'm like, dude, this feels like awesome and heavy and 80s and gnarly and video gamey. And I was like, I should actually, it would be funny to kind of like theme the album that way. And then I started talking about, um, so I'll just say it, dude, because it's, it's, way, it's way more fun just to say what it's, what it's revolving around. So have you seen the movie Escape from New York? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. So I'm ashamed to say I have I have not seen it, but I know what it is. It's okay, man. Um so I actually am excited that there's some people that have not seen it because I want them to associate when they do eventually watch it, I want them to associate it with us and this album because I love Kurt Russell. I'm a huge fan of Kurt Russell. You already know I'm a big Patrick Swayze fan, rest in peace. Like those dudes, I just remember growing up watching their movies like Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York and Captain Ron and stuff like that. Even yes. stuff like Overboard. Um, Kurt Russell's great. So I was watching Escape from New York and just loving it. And I was like, dude, this is exactly what that our opening song feels like. We had already written the music and everything. 
I was like, this feels like it should just be like the gnarly track playing if, if, if Escape from New York was modern and it wasn't all like 80s synth and there was just like rock metal playing as they like ran through the city like bashing each other up. It should be this song. And I was like, dude, we should, oh, we should theme this album like after Escape from New York. And I was like, no, that's like a direct ripoff. I don't want to do that. And I was like, but what if like, I started to think and I was like, I guess in a way, at, like each song is different on this album, but if you had to pick a theme, every single one of them in a way could be tied back to like escaping from something, whether it's very literal or very metaphorical. Um, there's some way you could tie it in. And even though the songs feel totally different from each other, I was like, what if we called this album like Escape From Something? And then, of course, the most natural is like Escape From Bomber Bay. And then I'm like, dude, that's a that's a freaking game right there. Escape From Bomber Bay. That is a 80s freaking action movie board game. And I'm like, oh, my God, there it is. We're making this thing into a freaking board game. And you got to remember, Mike. I don't know how to make a freaking board game. Who knows how to make a board game? I'm like, I don't even really play board games, really. I mean, but like Crumb's way into video games. I've dabbled. And so I took it to the dudes and I said, and like, to be honest with you, and this isn't to rain on anyone's parade, but like, so we all love the band. We all love, uh, meaning everyone in the band loves the band. Everyone loves writing music together and hanging out. But like, the way it is in bands, most people don't realize there's varying levels of excitement about the different parts of being in a band. So what I mean is like in almost every band you'll talk to, even if they appear, even like major national bands, especially those bands, a lot of them don't even like really love being in the band anymore. And they feel contractually obligated or whatever um you hear a lot of stories about bands that actually hate each other that still have to tour together and stuff it's it's pretty sad we're not like that of course but i won't i'd be lying if i said every single person in this band is always excited about every single element of being in a band they love selling tickets they love coming up with shirt designs they love recording they love playing shows that would be a lie i'm not a liar so i'm gonna tell you the truth is that I think every single member in this band loves hanging out and writing music together and sharing our music with people, coming up with the creative process, all of that. But I will say that most of the time when it comes to like the extra stuff, like all the extra promo and coming up with the designs of like albums and stuff, most of them are like, yeah, Brian, you can just, you can just do that because you love doing it, you know, you you have some background in doing it, so it's not like, you know, you know how to do it, and we're cool just, like, doing the music part, and we're excited about it, but we're not going to get too involved in that. So, this time, when I, when I first pitched the idea to Crumb, he was just like, oh my god, dude, like, He's like, oh, that'd be so freaking awesome. And he said, I was at his apartment and we started talking about ideas for the colors. And we, we pulled it up on his big TV screen, like the builder. And we were building out different colors and of like what the vinyl record should look like. And 
He's like, I have no idea how to make a game. So that's like good <laughs> luck. But he's like, I love playing games. It'll be fun. So then I took it to John and I was like, dude, here's what I want to do. And John and I sat around a campfire at his house and we just like went nuts laughing and thinking about it. And I told him, I was like, I want to combine everything that we collectively grew up loving and still love, which is playing music, looking at sweet art designs, um, stupid 80s B movies, and especially of like the action sort because we're not like big action movie buffs where it's like yeah michael bay like that type of stuff as much as like we like the corny like one of our favorite movies <laughs> is called deadly prey it's just a terrible it's almost like that aldi rambo i was talking about it's just like just terrible or there's movies like hard ticket to hawaii just we used to get together and watch these stupid movies together and so i wanted to kind of take all that stuff and put it together in a fun package for people to enjoy. And of course, the way my brain works is the more I look into it, the more I just get hooked and the bigger I have to try to make it go. So it has turned into this thing, Mike, that is really, really epic. Um, and by all means, I should have anyone in their right mind, which is not me would have looked at this and said, and seen the, the numbers like that it would cost <laughs> and just been like, Oh yeah, never, that's a no, we're not doing that. Like there's no way. Like, but me, I was like, no, oh, we got to find a way. There's got to be a way. Right. Cause there's always a way. And so first I was kind of against this idea, but uh, cause I was like, I don't know. I don't want to just ask for money. We did raffles and stuff. And we always try to give something back instead of just, just give us money. People have been very generous with their, um, you know, donations already towards the album. And I was like, man, we used to do those Kickstarters, which is really cool for crowdfunding. Yeah. And at first I was like, I don't want to do that again. And then, But then I started to revisit. I went on back on Kickstarter because I hadn't honestly been on that website for like since 2014 when we did our last album. <laughs> and I was like, oh wow dude they've actually i thought it would have kind of like trailed off because i hadn't seen any kickstarters i'm like they actually made this so much better even. i mean crowdfunding is so much more like think think back mike like 10 years ago crowdfunding and i mean people didn't even have venmo and stuff where they were just sending money around from their phones all the time like you had to like bust out your credit card and trust that it was going to be safe, putting it on this website, like for this Kickstarter. Now it's like, I don't know about you, but I'm donating. Like people be like, Oh, my son's raising money for a hockey team. And I'm like throwing 15 bucks or whatever I can afford at the moment. It's just so commonplace. Yeah. We also have a bigger backing. Now we have more support. Like we have a, a trusted reputation of getting things to people that we promised them so i'm like dude not only does a kickstarter help us raise money to do this really cool thing it also lets people be more involved than they would be otherwise because we give them back rewards and exclusive things and experiences and um, on top of that it also helps spread our music to other people that would never have heard us otherwise you know it's going to be right. people that find our project on the website. Um, 
and that's kind of that's kind of where I ended up with. So I've been putting in all of this time developing the story and these rewards and what do I think, what would I want if this was a band like Thrice or He Is Legend or whatever, what would I want from them? And that's exactly what I'm doing. So that being said, this is where I don't know where your podcast is going to fall. Um, mm-hmm. This could be a thing, and I'm sure you'll address this during your, your preamble, so to speak. I don't know if uh, this podcast is going to be launched um, and people are listening to this right now. And if maybe you're listening to this on January 2nd and it's like three days until the Kickstarter launches, or maybe the Kickstarter is already launched and you're just hearing this and you didn't know it launched because Facebook algorithms and stuff tend to miss people on a lot of stuff. Either way, it it will be active very soon by the time you're hearing this, or it's already active and you can go and pledge whatever amount you're comfortable with, even if it's only a dollar and there's a reward tier for every single person that donates pledges any amount all the way up to, you know, really big stuff. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it is crazy, isn't it? Because like like you said, I think we're we're so used to like I still don't have Venmo. I'm a caveman. Like I didn't get on Instagram until 2020, and I don't know where my podcast would be without without Insta. I digress. But like Kickstarter's kind of the OG. I did yeah. a free on a band um, called Plain Jane Automobile. I don't know if they're still active or not, but the singer. Um, they would get compared to you too because the singer's cadence sounded a lot like Bono. Their music didn't sound like you too, but his his voice sounded a lot like uh, like Bono. And yeah. I remember doing a story, and this was probably 2011. This was the first year I was doing music feature stories, and that was the first time Kickstarter came on my radar. And I think I had done one or two stories on you guys. And I can't remember if you if you said, yeah, I remember you did that story and in Kickstarter. I, I kind of heard it. I can't remember if you told me so like if you had heard it from that, but like Kickstarter's kind of the OG that predated because now I feel like GoFundMe's the the big one, probably. Um, and like you said, people use Venmo and transfer money to each other or like Cash App. Um yeah. Kickstarter was the first platform that I remember where it was like um, and shout out Doc Coyle, who's currently in Bad Wolves and and um, toured with Ice Nine Kills. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, they did a Kickstarter for his his other band, Vegas Nerve. But yeah, that's going back. It's it's crazy to say it's going back because it feels like it was yesterday and it was freaking like over ten years ago. But they're kind of the OG of crowdfunding, and you guys uh, had a lot of success when you did it for Nuclear Honeymoon. I remember. Yeah, and and return to Bomber Bay, and you know the thing that's cool about Kickstarter is, and that's different than like GoFundMe is Kickstarter prohibits. Um, they're they're kind of for two different causes, Mike. Like GoFundMe, you'll notice it's a lot of like usually it's like maybe someone has come upon some misfortune and they have medical bills or they something yeah. kind of it's a personal fundraiser and that's really cool for for helping people out in that way 
Um, Kickstarter was for a totally different reason, and they actually prohibit that, not because that's a bad idea, but that's GoFundMe's thing, you know. Kickstarter is exclusively for creative projects. They're exclusively for, like, it's not a, it's not even a, it is a fundraiser of sorts, but, like, they're very adamant, even when you're creating your project, they're very strict about how you do it because they want people to realize they're not just donating towards an album or a game or an art piece or whatever. They're actually, what they're doing, and they're not just pre-ordering something. They're not just buying something. They are actually having the chance to be on the ground level, the grassroots, of helping to actually fund it so it comes to life whereas it wouldn't without these people. And in return, they get to be a part of that in so many different ways, however the creator chooses. And of course, just like everything else, Mike, I go wild with my ideas of how to include people. So I have some really cool stuff planned for that um, that we haven't done before that people are going to be excited about. But that's like what you get in return other than the satisfaction of knowing like, man, I'm I'm one of the people that, help this thing come to life you know yeah yeah i dude i can't wait i think it's sick and um and like you said the standard i would say especially for like the national or international touring bands that i see are like the the pre like you said like the pre-order bundles which are cool like if you're a fan of that band you're like okay cool do i want like the all-in like the hoodie you know the t um, I do like the nostalgia of, of bands bringing back things like some of them will do the cassettes. You know, it's kind of a cool throwback to like the 90s, you know. Um, yeah. I'm I'm really excited for the vinyl piece of it because you you got me into collecting vinyl because I remember when you and I talked, first started talking about it and like, you know, you and Mandy got married and you you guys eventually got your home. And you you have like a cool room for actually being able to like listen to your music on vinyl, and um, so I started collecting. I have two copies, not to brag, oh, yeah. but I have two copies of the new. You're nuclear. the only person, by the way. You're the only person. But uh, well, I'm glad to hear that that was successful. By the way, because that's you guys did an awesome job on it, and there's so much thought and work that goes into that. But um. But yeah, like everybody kind of does the pre-order thing, but to actually be part of, hey, I can have my name in the liner notes or there's sick things that I I get to be a part of. Um and you and you've 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 kind of always been on that um that modality, I think with uh if I'm using the right word with Tropic Bombs where even during the pandemic you you were thinking about ways to reach fans and you guys teamed up with Least of All, which I think oh, is yeah. That New New York or New Jersey where they actually made like the um was it the seven inches and um yep. you guys you guys got got in touch with people and said hey if you if you're interested in this let us know and we'll do a custom version of a song for you or if you want us to do just a custom jam which is what I had you guys do um oh, yeah. I had the physical copy of that and then you guys revent you you eventually released it as the uh um was the it the rares? rares the rares the rares yeah that was like 2021 so this is like this is the first this is the first work that you guys have been putting out when it comes out since since the rares right well yeah dude because like and it's the oh my gosh like other than the so that the rares were cool 
really cool. And we included those, like when people buy our other vinyl, which are, there's like six copies left only of the like That's 100 awesome. plus. Um, yeah, they. There's only six left. We got to pause on that for a second. That's pretty freaking dope. I mean, <laughs> to be, to be, a, to be, and you guys have done some tours regionally, but for a band to be completely DIY with no record label support and to press, like you said, over a hundred copies and only have six left, that is sick. And and I will say just, just for people listening to this who are music fans. Um, and again, this isn't me tooting my own horn here. Cause I don't do that. And you know, I'm not like that. And I feel like no. people who are regular listeners of the show know I'm not like that, but there are people who listen to different parts of the world. Um, get your hand on the last six because vinyl holds its value incredibly well. It's made a huge resurgence over the last decade. So to say that you have something where there's less than 110 presses is pretty freaking cool. And it's, I'm not just saying that because Ryan's on the podcast, like it is really cool artwork. It's kind of like 1950s style couple in the car, uh, with the explosion <laughs> and, there's all kinds of goodies on the inside. So, but, but that's really, I mean, kudos again, I'm going to clap away from the mic. <laughs> Thanks, man. That, is, that is really awesome that there's only six left out of over a hundred. That's really cool. So uh, if this show helped in any way, I I'm honored and I'm glad that I have two of them because it's a great, great listen front to back. And I will also say not to go too far down the rabbit hole here and we'll stay on track for this. Cause I'm really jazzed about the new record, but, um, for only five bucks a month, what people get on on the website content that you put together is also super thoughtful. Um, because like to build a good website is it takes work, and like I didn't even know. So Nuclear Honeymoon came out in 2012, and I remember you did a post on Facebook, which I I haven't been on Facebook in a while, but um. I'm just like Instagram because, like I said, I'm, I'm I've been eight going on eighty since I was eight. Um, <laughs> but I remember when the Times of Grace record came out, which for oh, people yeah. who don't know, that's Adam D. and Jesse Leach from Killswitch. Um, but I remember you posting a picture with Adam D. when you saw them at Headliners, which I regret not going to that show when Times of Grace they were on that album cycle. And um, I think it was something like Adam and I doing our best. That's what she said, uh, faces or whatever from the office. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, all these years, like I love the art of cloud cutting. One of my favorite songs from that record. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to put it above light the way, but I remember I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta catch up on my, on my Tropic Bombs content, man. And I went on the website and I was watching behind the scenes stuff and you had one about the art of cloud cutting and you were like and we always talked about how there's a tempo shift in that song it's like completely different like halfway through it's like stops and it's completely different which is part of the reason i love it because it's a really unique track and i did not know for literally like 10 years <laughs> that the influence of the drums in the beginning of that which is very almost like a marching band or like military like dot 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 that that was influenced by strength and numbers from times of grace. So point being on my rant here that for only five bucks a month, you get really cool nuggets like that. If, if you're into what goes into the music. So 
um you you do as much man if not more and what tropic bombs does the the whole band like the thought that you guys put into your releases is on par if not above what a lot of bands who are you know doing international national tours do or with do for their fans man like honestly the only other band and there's always failure in comparison but the only other band that's like in my wheelhouse as far as like bands that have you know that that are like you know touring the globe and all that kind of stuff um that put i feel like as like this kind of thought into everything they do as far as like releases and that kind of stuff i would say is probably machine head you know like rob flynn always goes to the to to the to great lengths with the artwork and you know get whether it's like the merchandising or the albums the lps limited editions like the head cases are like for real for real and like that's the that's the only band that really and and again that's not to be disparaging of any other bands because there are bands that do a lot of really cool limited run vinyls really cool artwork really cool pre-orders um mastodon has a lot of really cool stuff as well like outside of the music stuff they do like accessories and really cool like you know stuff i digress but like but and that's the point I'm driving home here is the the work that you guys are doing and the and and the thought that you put into what you're doing is on par with bands who do have a lot more resources. Just being a band that's part of a label, like Machine Head's been around since like 1990, like three or something. You know what yeah. I mean? And the fact that like you were what seven years old in 1993, and you guys are doing okay. stuff as as a. a a band that's done regional touring from Toledo, Ohio, that does this because you truly love to do it. You all have other jobs. You have families, members of the family, you know, members of the band have kids. You guys have all been through your degrees of of difficulty through relationships and death and all that stuff. And you still take the time to put all this stuff into it, man. Like it's, I really hope people check it out, check it all out. So that's me selling you to the fans here. And again, I feel like I'm talking too much. Maybe the with starting to take effect right now but uh five bucks a month the tropic bombs website there's a lot of really cool content on there thanks you know thanks for for telling you know your experience with it because you know it's one thing when the band if a band says come check our stuff out it's really great but hearing other people talk about what they get from it is um to me it's always a bigger selling point because it's really not about us like we write the music for us but also we share it with people because we we want people to enjoy it as well. So we care um, just as much that other people are enjoying our music as we care that we're having a good time writing it. So it's 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 wonderful, and you know we've we've done things like so like I think you know this would be a good time to tie this in. So you know you're talking about the art of cloud cutting video. Yeah, I do. I do videos that explain the background of songs and where I came up with the ideas and things like that. Um, we've done all sorts of videos just showing us actually recording this new album. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm really, uh, one thing I'm going to do coming up here is the first ever Alan video because most people, to most people, Alan is still kind of an enigma in this band. Yeah. Um, our bassist, he's like a very well seasoned musician, has played in bands that are much bigger than us has toured with bands on warp tour has played alongside 
bands like Every Time I Die and like all those bands that played Warp Tour, they'd play with them every night. Like really cool. Just a great musician. He'll never toot his own horn. Um, he's just not like that. Um, so I really am excited to put out some videos of him playing and he and I working uh, together one-on-one -on -one in the studio and my input and his input and how we came up with things. That's something people have never seen yet. But so if they join the bomb squad, it's $5 a month. They can see all sorts of stuff like that. Now, if you don't mind, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't at least talk a little bit. I'm not going to go over everyone because I want there to be some surprise. But about some of the ways that this Kickstarter will allow some of the rewards I've come up with um, that would allow the fans to kind of engage and not only get cool things, like you said, sometimes you get a hoodie, sometimes you get this and that, a sticker pack. But there's a lot of things that I have put in place that I think people are going to want to know that they can be a part of. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit about those if that's okay. Of course, man. Yeah. You, you need to ask permission, dude. Come on, man. You know you. Well, can I know. I know you. Uh, I know you're you're a busy guy yourself too. So I didn't want to go on on and on too much, but I just think that's a big part of it. So, like I said, um, we try to be really inclusive. So we also realize, like, we realize that there's varying levels of. Um, interest in our band one like there's our friends that support us and like our music but they they just pretty much you know they like hearing the music going to the shows whatever there's there's then there's the people all the way up to like they want to be involved in everything that we do which is great because we love people to be doing that there's also those people that want to be involved in everything we do but they don't have the financial means to do the more expensive stuff which we understand that as well. And then there's the people that don't know who we are that hopefully are going to come across our campaign because everybody who's listening is going to share this so much that Kickstarter is going to just love it and choose it as one of their favorite projects to watch and put us on their homepage so that we reach a million people, right? Um, they really do choose projects they love. Um, and we were lucky enough in our second Kickstarter campaign for Return to Bomber Bay, Kickstarter chose us as a project they love and put the little badge up there. And we ended up getting a few, at least, donations, pledges um, from people that had never even heard of us. Because I remember I'm writing out all these personal notes. I'm like, I don't know these people. This is, And I asked them, how did you find out about us? Just from the Kickstarter webpage. They, they put it as a suggested project. So the the more that people come and embrace this and pledge money and um, get involved and make comments, the more that Kickstarter sees it as a cool thing and pushes it out there. So with that being said, you could be someone that never has met us and maybe doesn't even intend to get the album, but just wants to kind of follow along and get project updates and stuff. and. Basically, we have everything going down to $1 pledges. So you can pledge a dollar, and it's basically the equivalent of giving a like on a Facebook page. It's like, hey, I like this idea. Cool. Even if you never come back and see what happens with it, it's like, this is pretty cool. I like this idea. Here's a buck. Um, it automatically puts you on the list to get updates should you choose to want to look at them about how the 
artwork is coming along, how the game is coming along, all that stuff. Um, we have $5, $15, $25, $35, all the way up, pretty much small, every small increment you can think of, up to several hundred dollars and beyond of ways for people to get involved. Um, so some of the things, I mean, Mike, you talked about, and this is cool for me to hear because for me, this would be cool, but I never really know, you know, what people think until they tell me. You said you really liked the fact that your name, Mike Bauman, Toledo Free Press was, you know, in print in the album, kind of immortalized in our nuclear honeymoon album. Yeah. And we're, we're still looking to do that. So one thing we're doing is on the website, we are building a separate page that is going to be, you know, I think it's at like the $5 price point or something. You pledge $5, you get um, the project updates, you get your name on our website as someone who, who pledged just for five bucks. And then you get um, access to another part of our website that's hidden to anyone else where you can download a participant certificate. So it's something you can print out and it shows that you actually were one of the people that helped make this album come to life. It's like a little thing you can frame, put on your wall and uh, something like that, right? So we have things like that. We have, you know, as you can imagine when you're developing a game, which by the way, I am well into the development of this game. I have a full map. I have become a <laughs> game master. <laughs> I have a bunch of scenarios I still got to write, but I've, I've already figured out where I'm getting the cards printed, like through very official means. It's not going to be like, hey, cut these out on your own from this scrap paper. Like, no, you're going to get like legit playing cards and stuff. Um, little good. game pieces. Um, but... I mean, we have we have everything from like when I'm developing the stuff, I sketch out. Not that I'm some great visual artist, I I can't do that and do all this other stuff. Yeah. But I have these ideas, and oh, what if we did this? What if when you flipped a card, it said this? And okay, maybe this is the scenario we're in. Um, I have these art sketches and this concept art and these scenarios. And I've been keeping them and writing them down and drawing them. And I'm going to put together a digital concept art file so people could see the, the concept art that made the game actually come to life in this album. That's wild. There's going to also be, um, you know, you eventually you get to the price point where it's basically your pre-order of the album. But you get to choose your color variant. You know, do you want the clear with yellow and pink neon or do you want the clear with the green and orange neon it's up to you there's limited quantities of each of course but let's say you want to take it beyond that and by the way each each tier that you go up each reward tier you get all the lower tier rewards too yeah. so you don't just get that you get all the stuff that the five and the ten and the fifteen dollar people get too <clears throat> I decided there's got to be some stuff that even if you're not buying the album or you don't have a chance because they sell out, you know, that'd be amazing if they sold out. We're talking like 250, 
or 300 copies. It would be so sweet if we could sell those all out. But what about the people that want to be involved that don't want one of those or don't get one? Well, I thought, what can we do that would be really exciting that is only for the first three days, the first 72 hours? Like early bird special, like you get in there, you help us, you pledge. What could we get? What could we give people? And I thought, well, this is going to take a long time for them to get this album. It's, it takes a long time to get vinyl made and the artwork and all that stuff and to finish mixing. I mean, we do everything ourselves. I thought, what if they want a song right now? What if they don't want to wait? Because, I mean, the, my whole goal is just to get this album in people's hands by the end of 2024, to be honest with you. Because it takes months and months and months, even on the um, company's end who presses and actually creates the, the pressing of the album. Right, that's a whole separate. My goal is the actual getting the music done. The all the artwork and everything else is a completely different. It's like another fate. Like think of it as like a business. It's another. It's another. Oh yeah, yeah. Artwork and then talking about developing a game and then getting the game pieces me made and shipped and then packaging it all up myself and then shipping it all out to people once we get them. It's a whole big process, and I thought, well, what if what if um we could give people like, Hey, you know what? Even though the album's not fully done yet, you want to hear a song? You want to hear what Bomber Bay three sounds like? Okay. If you're one of the first people to donate pledge in this first 72 hour window, I'm going to give you access to hear the current demo version of Bomber Bay three before anybody else. Right. We got stuff like that. We've got, I, I borrowed, <laughs> Our neighbor's Polaroid camera, and I bought a bunch of film. I'm taking Polaroid pictures and popping in, you know, if you're, like, going above and beyond with your pledge, well, we're going above and beyond for you, too. You're going to get a unique Polaroid, one of a kind. It has a little note written on it about what that is. Nobody else in the world is going to ever have that picture. It's never posted online. It's just for you. We even have experiences like uh there's going to be a private listening party for certain people that can come hang out with the band hear the album before it gets done um maybe we'll play a little bit of music and stuff maybe it'll be at a certain iconic venue that is our home that they're going to privately open for us and only invite a certain amount of people guest list only type deal Nice. Maybe certain people will get an invite to come to the package opening when we first get the vinyl and play the game with us, the band, for the first time. Be the first ones ever to play the game. And uh, you know, you you made a comment, and then I'll stop with the rewards because I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave a couple of them as uh, surprises because there's some pretty big ones that are really gnarly that's limited to like two or three people. Yeah. But. You said, I'll tell you one last one. It's a, it's a big one. You said you thought it was pretty cool that, you know, for the first, for the nuclear honeymoon 10 year anniversary, we made a hundred copies. It, was, it ended up being like just over a hundred. It's like 120 when they overprinted. And we have like six left. You said to have, to have 
a copy of this thing that only has like 100 or 120 copies is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, one thing people don't realize with vinyl is, and we didn't get to do this last time, but we're doing it this time. They they can send you um, what's called a test pressing. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So for those people who don't know what this is, it's about as rare as you can get when you're talking about a version of a vinyl. So like if you're on discogs.com or something, you're looking up your favorite band's vinyl. You're going to see somewhere along the line, you're going to see all the different versions they've put out and sold and you can buy and sell. And then you're going to see every once in a while a test pressing. And these aren't going to be for sale because it's the it's a plain, there's no art on it. It's a plain black version of the vinyl that they send to the band to make sure it sounds good before they go into mass production and do all the art and everything. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of like, um, for people who love sneakers, it's like the equivalent of a sample sneaker or like a wear test version of a shoe where it's like, it's the pro or like the prototype. It's the equivalent yeah. of like, hey, this is like the first one to see if, if it rocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or like the original if, copy, like a musician, like if, if somebody has a signature guitar, it's like, this is the one they gave the dude, you know. Or do that, or person. This is the yeah. this your guitar that they gave them before. It was like, okay, is this? Do we want to make this pro the production model? So, I I e it's very exclusive because it never goes to market. It never, yeah. You're never gonna see it on a website, on a shelf, anything like that. It doesn't have a barcode. It doesn't have the art, whatever. So one thing we decided to do is, I I decided to have them send me um test pressings this time right because i want to make sure everything's on point and you can only get us so many of them and i will tell you this everyone in the band's going to get one as a like i mean we all work so hard on this everybody's getting a test pressing as a keepsake right yeah beyond that you won't be able to to count uh you might be able to count on two hands or maybe only one hand how many copies of these test pressings will be left. Um, so it's going to probably be between five and ten test pressings. In the and world. Yeah. In the world, yeah. And we are going to, for people that are able to afford one of the higher pledges and that decide to, not only are they going to get everything leading up to that tier, which ends up being like 17 different things, including invites to events and all sorts of stuff and exclusive stuff. They're also going to get a test pressing shipped or hand delivered to them, signed by the band with a certificate of authenticity to show this is one of like five or whatever. That so, so we really, we really are, are putting a ton out there. And if you're listening to this, you can go ahead and check kickstarter.com um look up tropic bombs and find our find our account you know look up escape from bomber bay and if it's not live you won't be able to see all this yet but if it's live it's probably only a few days old based on when mike told me he's putting this out and when i hope to put that out you're probably hopefully still within the 72 hour window to get access to the song bomber bay 3 if not 
you definitely have time to make a pledge. And I think it's important to note this, Mike. Kickstarter does not charge. So first of all, a project has to get the full funding goal or else it doesn't, you don't get anything. It's not like GoFundMe where like wherever, whatever you get, you get, even if it's 25 bucks. Right. No, if we set a goal and it's like $5,000 or whatever, something, we have to reach that amount in a certain amount of time or else they never charge anybody. We never get the money. Well, we can't do this project, which would be terrible, but we're not going to let that happen. So we're getting it. Uh, with everybody's help, we're going to make this happen. But I want people to know that it doesn't charge you the second that you make a pledge. So usually it's a 30 to 60 day project. And if it's successfully funded, it will charge you at the very end. So you have like a month or two. Because I know people are coming out of the holiday season. They spent money on parties and food and loved ones and stuff. I want people to know, like, if you want to if you want to put 100 bucks towards this or or something, and that's a big amount for you, it's not going to take a hundred bucks off your card or out of your bank account right away. It's, it's going to give you, we're, we're planning on running it for about two months. So we're looking at um, if we launch this in early January, it's not going to charge you till early March. And in the meantime, you can change your pledge. You can say, Oh, I'm adding a little more or I'm taking away or I'm, I can't pledge anymore at all. Sorry. Something came up in my life. I changed my mind. You're allowed to do that. We won't be mad at you. We love you. <laughs> so I just want people to know that going into that. That's dope, man. It'll sync up with my birthday. My birthday is March 4th, hence the name. That's right. Where the podcast comes from. <laughs> Dude, it's the universe. The universe is talking. The whisk. It always is. The gin and tonic is not talking. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> yeah. The universe is talking. No, dude, I'm I'm so I'm so excited for it. Um, can I ask you? And 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 I do think this is cool to touch on because, um, this is obviously super layered. Like you said, I don't I'm not aware of a band going this this in depth. I think the most I've seen is maybe like um, like back in the day. I think Corey Taylor did like a. I don't know even if it was even like a graphic novel. It was a, um, but something along that lines with um, Stone Sour, like House of Gold and Bones. There was yeah. like a one in volume two, but to do like a board game and everything. So like, how how did you in this process? And I don't know, maybe it's the journalist in me. I'm curious about this stuff because I know you do video editing. You're like a, a jack of all trades with a lot of the stuff. You can sing, drums. I know you just got yourself a sick guitar and, uh, and I you're, can't do that yet, but I will effective <laughs> on things with the LTD. So Ryan just got an LTD, uh, which is, um, is it Gibson or is it Epiphone? It's, uh, it's ESP. 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 Yep. Um, yeah, it's got kind of a somewhat of, yeah, kind of similar to like a Les Paul shape, but they're, they're used by a lot of bands. They're a sick guitar, but the finish you got is a really cool, it's like a um, the way you described it, like my perspective, and that's what's cool about your your vision on things, which I think ties into what you're doing is like you see things from a different angle, which is why you came up with this whole concept, and 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 the band is is coming up with this whole concept, was which is sick. But it's like a um, I've seen finishes like that before, where it's kind of like a natural wood, 
and then it goes into a color. And in this particular guitar's case, the finish is like a kind of a natural wood color, but then it goes into like a really cool, like tiger eye blue and green. But yeah. the way you get it, you're like, it looks like a drone shot of a beach. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's so sick. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like if you had a, a, a drone above the beach where the water meets the shore, it's really cool. Yep. Um, and that's what drew me to it. But how, like, I know you do video editing and you put the stuff on the website and you built the website and all that stuff. But in terms of when it comes to like the graphic design for the album and for the game, for the, for the merch that's going to come with it, um, who are you working with to do all of that, man? Like how much, how much of that are you or guys in the band shouldering? Because that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty much doing it. <laughs> um, so I've I've always done graphic design. Um, even going back to like high school, I had a love for it, and I learned a lot of it. I've so I've done a lot of the band stuff. Um, John had done some of the early stuff with me. Uh, Nick, when Nick was in the band, he helped with the nuclear honeymoon design as well because he's an engineer and he was good at like formatting things into the specifications they needed to be size wise and like tad and stuff like that so he really helped out there but um as far as like the creation of it um that's gonna be me um designing the the front cover the back the game map um i wasn't sure how to go about that so i started looking into it to see like what my options were and i found this um company slash program called Inca incarnate like i-n-k-r-n-a-t-e and oh, like, like a tattoo ink yeah and they they basically are a platform where you can create fantasy maps of all different types kind of like the map we did that i sketched by hand <laughs> uh for return to bomber bay the album now you can do all this stuff digitally it makes it a lot easier because you can use like little icons and stamps, but you still have to have, uh, it's still pretty in depth as like to make it look good. You have to have a strong foundation and understanding of design. Like you can make some pretty terrible looking stuff or you can make it really cool and it's time consuming. Um, so I started messing around with that and I started, you know, figuring out how I wanted to do it, how many inches different components needed to be how I wanted the game to function, what the objective of the game would be. Um, and I basically just went off things that were fun to me, classic games, right? Like every game that I've ever played that was really fun had some version of like capture the flag or, you know, like a king of the hill type thing. Like you got to maintain this post longer than anyone else. You can team up with other people to kick someone else off and you get points based on how long you can hold that fort. Or you got to go to their fort and get the flag and bring it back and they're chasing you down. And I'm like, well, I'm going to incorporate as much of this as I can, right? So based on that, I thought, how do I want um, the map to look to fit the theme, but also for playability? Like, I'm not a board game design expert. So um, actually, I have some really cool ideas about how I want to do it. But another one of the Kickstarter rewards is I'm basically going to let p 
people be play testers with me and actually come and be a part of the play testing. Mm. And um, whether it's in person or Zoom, if they want to get in on that and help basically design the game, they're actually going to end up getting a play tester album credit as well. So I am doing it myself, but I'm going to then rely on the feedback from other people to help me make it better. The only thing I'm not doing myself, which I'm still doing it, I'm taking the initiative and doing it, but I can't claim credit for this, is, and I, I was kind of conflicted on this, but it's only one element. So um, there is an add-on, basically like when you get the album, everything you see in and on the album will be done by us, done by me, art-wise. Um, the only thing that won't be is one of the i guess deluxe editions if you want to call it for like 10 bucks more you can get what i'm calling the lore master package which is super nerdy and fun <laughs> so i wanted to include like have you ever played a video game that comes it's more of like a fantasy game and it comes with like a lore book where it tells you about all the different characters and lands in the book and maybe some bosses like a little bit more about them yeah, yeah, bands where it's like it's it's a whole it's a whole world you're getting into. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to make a digital lore book too. And I was like, dude, um my brother who is actually a visual artist, like he he's an illustrator and painter and stuff too. He had been really putting out some cool stuff that he made with AI art prompts. And I was like, it was just the craziest looking stuff. And I remember I called them and I was like, hey, man, I want to I want to mess around maybe with not for like the main album cover, not for the map, not for any of that, but just for this additional PDF I want to put together of like with my own words, my own lyrics, my own thoughts and like stories like the lyrics I wrote for the Assassins of Avenue. I want to see like what AI art can do if I put in my own lyrics, what it spits out, right? as far as like a picture. And I was like, but I'm a little conflicted because I've heard that, you know, AI art is stealing from other artists and I, I don't, I'm not about that, you know? And so what's your opinion on this based on the fact that you are an actual visual artist, but you also like AI. And he's, by the way, he's a super genius. He has his PhD in electromagnetic engineering and he's just insanely smart. So I knew he would understand how it works too. And he was like, well, I want to hear your thoughts on it before I skew it with my thoughts. So he listened to me, and then I asked for his thoughts. And he basically said, it's not, he said it basically aggregates things from all over, meaning it could be a photograph somebody took, or it could be one of those freaking Getty images, like whatever, copyright, royalty-free stuff. It could be a drawing. It could be anything. Um and unless you specifically say in the style of this artist, or if you upload a sample of someone else's work, I guess that's what people were getting upset about was like people were uploading other people's work and then just wanting to change it, which that's not cool, obviously. Um, like a template. They were using a, an original. Yeah. In, in yeah. And I guess to some degree it, it could pull from other things that are out there, but he made the point of like, have you ever have you ever made music that with a chord that nobody else has ever played before 
or have you ever been influenced by a band and still made music in that sound um and i was like well of course and he said well just like there's no artist out there visually that has never been influenced by another artist we don't like pay them royalties just because we were um influenced by them growing up so he said unless you're directly inputting and ripping off someone else's art then he said it's it's really like it would be really really hard to actually steal one individuals like it takes from so many different areas that it's not going to be an individual's work and i said okay so i have a I bought just to play around with the subscription to this website called mid journey and they sell commercial licenses too. So all I do is I've been playing around with it and it's really fun. Um, I went in and I typed in like my own lyrics, like two men cloaked head to toe, nothing but the blades of their daggers would show. And then I'll pick a scene. I want to put them in the like, put like back alley a fantasy village at night with candles lit in the windows and just see what it pops up with, right? And so I'm thinking I want to take these cool images and then I'll I'll say like scale twice the size and zoom out and stuff. And I just want to put those as the background of me writing my own thoughts of these characters and like it'll be all my my own thoughts in that regard, but that's the one little area that and it does feel kind of weird that it's not going to be I guess I'm so used to doing everything that it's not going to be me and my creation solely um but i think it'll be it'll be fun for like just the extra in-depth for our friends and fans that really want to delve more into that so yeah it's been a learning process um as far as the map making i probably mike maybe even be maybe biting off more than i can chew because one thing i'm doing is um I, I didn't want I wanted this to all be physically contained the main game like I didn't want a game where you have to be using your cell phone and playing online even though we could have done it so much more affordable if we just used an app or made it part digital I want it to be something that a hundred years from now if if uh, these websites don't exist or technology has changed I want you to be able to find this game and play it because all the pieces are there right just like an old board game. Um, so it will be playable without any of that extra stuff. But I also want it to be, if someone is like, dude, I really like the way this game plays. It's fun. I play it with my friends. It's actually a cool game, which is the goal, not just like a simple little like play it once and you're done. I want them to, because um, you can actually use strategy, right? It's not just like, you flip a card it tells you what to do you get to make some choices in this game you get to pick which character you want to be it should feel really immersive but i thought what about someone who wants who's a big fan of the band and they play this but they want a little more out of it and i was like well dude what if i made super high quality while i'm making all these maps and trial and error different versions of maps for like expansion maps so like for instance i can make a light the way themed battle map where you can play this game in a territory and a map in like super high 8k resolution uh art that i made that's all themed around like the way lyrics or the assassins of avenue or high noon 
So there's all these extra add-ons. I know, I know. I need to stop, man. I'm never gonna like. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just like that is like that's really in depth and thoughtful, man. You're a thoughtful cat. <laughs> well, it's like you know they they allow on Kickstarter these add-ons, and I was like, well, dude, I could put them up each for like five bucks, and it could be something people download, use it online because there's ways they can input them into different programs, or they can print them out and play them like old school board games and have this beautiful poster basically this giant thing and um i'm i'm planning on doing like 15 additional maps all based on different songs so it's a whole thing <laughs> dude that is sick man that is freaking sick that's awesome and yeah i mean it's um kudos to y'all man like there's i can't wait like i'm super stoked and um and 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 just to give people a little a little uh behind the curtain when we were setting this up you were like you i could tell you were excited in the text and you're like so how long does it usually take you to put these podcasts together and i'm like well you know i mean not counting like you know the stuff i do ahead of time to get ready for i mean obviously you and i are boys we know we've known each other for over a decade i'm very familiar with your catalog i love y'all's music um i digress so like doing something like this, I didn't have to do a ton of prep leading up. Like I, I, I would have to do for somebody that I didn't, I wasn't as familiar with or like, right, right. Where a PR person contacted me and said, Hey, check, check these guys out. I digress. But like, um, but usually, I mean, if I don't get, I, and I do have OCD tendencies and I'm not even saying that like facetiously, like I, I've, I've got stuff I've been working through, but like, I'm a perfectionist. So it takes a few hours to like put it together. I never download my own show. I I listen to the MP3 that I export um, before everybody else hears it, so I can make sure it sounds good and everything. Um, edit it if there's anything that the people on the show want me to take out, um, as far as the guests and the intro and close. But then I was like, dude, I think it'd be really cool to do it as like the first episode of 2024. And this might sound a little weird, but like I've kind of got a weird thing with like numbers, not only in my day job as as an analyst in healthcare, but like I, I see certain numbers every day. And like 24 is one of my favorite numbers. Um, I, I love basketball. I wore it back in the day. Um, it, it really got made famous by Kobe, who's way more famous than me. There's like five people who know there's like five billion people who know Kobe Bryant. But um, but I don't know. I'm really excited for 2024. And just it's been a crazy couple of years. So I was like, this would be so cool to have this come out the first Tuesday in 2024. Um, but yeah, so to so to do this and like and like hear about all the layers to it, man. Like I'm I'm stoked. I'm really, I'm really excited uh to get my hands on it, man. Um and I, I think it's really cool how in depth you're going with it. And and again even not even just as like a selling point to make it about money and things like that, but just, and you and I have talked about this before, as you started to get into vinyl a few years ago, like just how cool it is to have something that's tangible that you can hold, you know, and have something that is unique. It's, it's one of a kind, it's rare, or even if it's not quote unquote, one of a kind, something that's rare, like, like nuclear honeymoon, the 10 year anniversary, there's only a little over a hundred presses of those. Right. Yeah. And this is going even more in depth than that, because that was like, hey, these are limited quantities. This is what we did. This is like, hey, based on what you can afford to contribute, and even if it's only a buck, you can still get music before anybody else gets it. 
it's really cool. It's really thoughtful. It speaks to your nature, dude, like and, and the kind of guy that you are and the kind of human that you are where you're thoughtful and you're caring. Um, and I just think it's really cool, again, that music-wise, you've been able to check off a lot of really cool personal boxes. You know, you've gotten to do shows with your favorite band. Um, you even became friends with one of the members of the band, shout out the late, great Mackenzie Bell, um, you know, and his thoughtful, awesome mother. Um, but you've also been able to do these really cool things for your fans. And and again, there's there's bands that sell, you know, millions of records and tour the world and all that stuff that, like you said, they, they're doing it because it's like a job, you know? And I just think, to me, what's great about, about, what you're doing is it shows man like it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're a local band it doesn't matter if you're a regional band it doesn't matter if if uh you're playing Wembley or or you're playing Frankie's in Toledo Ohio baby it's all about if if you love what you do and you put thought into it and you care about the people who are gonna uh interact with it man so um job well done I feel like th three I love I love the number so I gotta give like a third clap on this one I'm <laughs> I'm really excited, man. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And um, and again, I hope I hope that the timing of this episode coming out, because I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. But I'm just excited that um, that there's going to be people that we put onto this, maybe who aren't aware of Tropic Bombs, and maybe they're just they love music or they're into the show. And you know, hopefully, we'll create some new fans out of it too, man. But I'm. I'm really excited because when you're talking about creating worlds for individual songs, like that's another level, man. That's that's. I know. That's... I'm like, oh shoot, man. Am I real? Am I like insane no, I think, for doing I, this? I think it's cool, man. I think it's sick. So I'm 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 really excited for it, dude. Yeah, I mean, dude, I I will say on a project of of this level, like I just recently, I mean, I'm so far into this project. Like, this is so so well developed. Like. And we're so far, we're so close to like a lot of this stuff. It's not like we're starting this from scratch. It, but I had to make a list because I'm like, dude, what all do I need to do before I actually launch this Kickstarter? And I made like an outline and I color coded it and everything. And I'm like, holy, like seeing it all in front of me, I was like, geez, like you feel like you're so close. You're like, we're 80% there. But then you're like, you see the 20% that's still left. And you're like, oh my God. Like, but you know what, man? This is why when you're passionate about something, you have to just look at it and go, this, this will be something that's unforgettable. It's something I really want to do, even if it's the last thing I do in this, you know, music world. I mean, I'm definitely never going to make another board game, I can say. But, like, you just want it to be, you just want it to happen and become real because you care about it that much. So you can't look at, Yes, money's a thing, but there's always a way. And if people are inspired by how much you're inspired, I think they'll help you make that happen. And I, I guess I could look at this and say, this is so much for me to do. This is how am I going to create a board game, figure out how it plays, create, write an album, record an album. You know, we record ourselves too. I record everything. It's like, we're going to mix an album. We're going to do all the art. We're going to put this game together. We're going to order it. We're going to package it all up. Like you could look at this and go, there's no way that 
a small group of people and realistically like me having to do most of the elements of it or want even wanting to you know it's very easy to look at something like of that magnitude and be like it's just too much man it's too big but if you really really want to make it happen you don't you can't look at all those things and get intimidated by it you just have to look at it and be like well here's my list of things that i'm gonna do (laughs) yeah man dude i can't man like i'm i'm stoked i genuinely had no idea and again i'm not just saying this for people listening i had no idea what he was going to tell me about what what was going on with this um yeah nobody does yet i know how excited he 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 was about the nuclear honeymoon 10-year anniversary vinyl so it's like I'm sure they're. I, I was like I'm pretty sure they're going to do vinyl. Like I think they're going to do that again. I know it's expensive, but it sounds like it went well the first time. I feel like they're going to do that again. But I had no idea that there's going to be like a a board game and it's going to be gatefold. Like that's that's really cool, dude. Well, dude, I'm really excited and um, I feel honored that that when it comes to this this stuff that you guys do with the band. And even stuff seems so like it almost seems like a disrespectful word to use. <laughs> but but yeah, like okay. to the work that that you guys put in and the art that you put in, man, like um I feel really honored. Like just as buddies and 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 as friends and as you know, uh fellow lovers of music and heavy music and and all kinds of stuff, like uh and people who really appreciate bands who put thought into what they do. I, I feel really really privileged to be able to be a part of this journey from from jump street man and that you always think about me when you do these things to release stuff it really means a lot it's not lost on me and and i love you dude and i'm i'm really excited to i can't wait to hold it man like i'm picturing holding holding it when when it's all complete just knowing how much work went into it and like the thought and creativity that went into it and listening to 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 the album front to back um Cause that was my Spotify. Uh, I I don't even remember the adjective they used, but like that was like my Spotify thing was like I I I'm like the type of dude that listens to stuff front to back, which is true. I I I, I enjoy albums, and I'm glad that there's still bands like y'all making albums, man. Oh yeah. Day and age where it's just like single, 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 and I get it. I get the nature of the beast, the way the music industry works. Like I understand bands doing that. So I'm not hating on anybody. So if you're listening to this, like I'm not hating on you. If you're in a band and you do that, that's cool. I love singles too, but it's really cool when bands put together a thought out, you know, front to back listen piece of art that you really digest, just like you would a book or a movie, you know, or or a TV series. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and music is like one of the most powerful forces on the planet, man. So. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come by and, and share all this with me and the listeners, dude. Because I know, I know the bomb squad's gonna dig it, but I also know the people who listen to the show, uh, who just love music and and enjoy and enjoy this this, this show. March fourth are are gonna be interested as well, man. So thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for getting together and talking with me. And of course, like I said, we can uh, once the album is out. You know, people actually can be listening to it and absorbing it. We can talk more about what went into the writing and details and stuff like that, and how we recorded, what equipment we used, all that stuff. We'd love to do that. But I hope that this episode gives people um, 
some more in-depth. I mean, and the Kickstarter is going to tell the story, but there's nothing that can tell the story quite like a good conversation um, like the ones that we have. So I appreciate you increasing the depth for those that are interested. Well, dude, I, I love you, man. Well, for people who aren't aware, and, and again, this ties into the theme of the show too, man. Like I, I really think this is central to perseverance and moving forward and just sticking with the vision. Um, but for people who aren't aware of Tropic Bombs, as we close this out, let them know where they can find you, dude. Let them know where they can they can they can check you guys out. Is tropicbombs.com? Is that just the best place to give people? Because that's the central hub. It's the, it's the best place, man. I don't even it's nice because I don't even have to say like we're on all the socials because we, we're on a lot of them. But if you just go to tropicbombs.com, you can find anything you want. I've made a it a point to be like you can just find whatever we have to offer is up there. And if it's not on there, there's a link on there that tells you exactly where to go. So tropicbombs.com is the place to go check us out. Sweet. Well, dude, I love you. I appreciate you. Um, even though this is coming out after we see each other, I am, you know, it's still before Christmas as we're actually recording this. And I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing you when I come home. A little space-time continuum thing. You guys are going to hear this after uh december 25th but we're recording it before then but uh but i love you brother and i mean that you're you're really like a brother from another mother and uh i really appreciate our friendship you've been there for me through some really dark days man and and always give me um your honest advice and and in a kind way and i really appreciate that because i feel like the 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 real rider dies you know They'll tell you when your breath stinks, you need to take a shower. You know, <laughs> they're not always going to tell you you look good and you smell great. You know what I mean? And we, yeah. and, and it's true. And, and I, and I appreciate it. Like even doing my podcast logo, I remember the first one I came up with and, and it makes more sense now knowing how much graphic design work you've done. You're like, man, the eye doesn't know where to look. And I looked at it again. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I did this stuff. Cause I don't really know what I'm doing. And I thought it looked, I thought it looked kind of cool, but it's like, yeah, it's too busy. And then the logo that I have now which may or may not be changing in the future. Uh, but I digress. But it 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 was you you looked at that when you're like, yes, this is this is more straightforward. The eye knows where to look, you know. Um, so and that's just a, a small, a small snippet of of much, much deeper conversations we've had about life and love and music and all kinds of things where where I can always trust you, man. And I feel I feel really grateful that our paths crossed. And uh, we're just two dudes from the 419 doing what we love to do and, and trying to connect with people in a positive way. So I appreciate you, man. I love and appreciate you too, man. I look forward to, uh, to everything that the future holds. All righty dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with my good buddy Ryan Waiten of the band Tropic Bombs out of my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Make sure you go check these guys out. Their website is tropicbombs.com. The link for their Kickstarter for everything you just heard about in that conversation is also in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of that podcast description. Hit those links and go follow and support my dudes in Tropic Bombs. You will not be disappointed if you love rock, reggae, hip-hop, metalcore. They do it all, man. And this is such a unique, awesome, musical, creative endeavor that they're doing where it's not just a new album. It's not just exclusive vinyl or exclusive uh, merch. 
It is a game. It's you, you have an opportunity to be a character in the game, as you guys just heard. You can be in that album art. Uh, you can donate a dollar and get cool stuff all the way up to, you know, all those rewards, uh, some of which Ryan shared in the conversation, the rest of which you can see in the Kickstarter link, which once again is in the podcast description. So this is a really unique, creative endeavor, and I hope you guys all go and support it, man, because especially if you're a collector, you know, if you love if you love board games, number one, this is dope. But if you're somebody who loves vinyl, I mean, this is an opportunity yet to get a rare piece of art. Um, I was fortunate enough before the Kickstarter went live, just because Ryan and I are buds and, and getting a chance to hang out when I went home for Christmas and, you know, seeing the, the cool splatter versions of the vinyl that they're doing, like, it's really sick, man. And I just think it's such a dope, unique idea. And I'm not going to get super mushy here because this show was every bit of two hours, this one, and, and I think it flows very well. I'm a little biased, obviously, because it's my show. But Ryan's a great conversationalist as well, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know make this close too long. Other than to say that, excuse me, that this project is really indicative of how much these guys really care about their art and their music, and and I hope it just goes to show, you know, if you're a local band out there, you know, stop comparing yourselves to 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 these you know multi million dollar you know, international artists. Like I love Posty. I love Post Malone, but, but right. If you're, if you're a, a local band, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to Post Malone's numbers and what, the things that they're doing. But what you should be doing is going, Hey man, if we've got, if we've got 50, a hundred, 500, a thousand, 1500, 5,000 fans that, that are our ride or dies and they love what we do, we can build something awesome. And that's what Tropic Bombs has done, man. Like I've, I've been fortunate to, to chronicle their journey uh, from the beginning when they when they had a fully fleshed out band back in 2011 and did did their first imprint feature story Ryan and I have become really good friends and and have been buddies now for over a decade and just seeing the work that he puts in and that the band puts into all of their releases is truly special and it's also indicative of him as a dude and his character you know what i mean like he's a very thoughtful kind down to earth guy and I could do a whole other podcast just about really just our friendship, man, and how he's been there for me. And I can always count on him for really good advice. And I can always count on him to, to deliver it in a kind way. But this show is really an example of the amazing things you can do. And you don't have to be, like I said, an international artist like a Post Malone or, you know, even to throw a, like a metalcore band out there, like a, like a Bring Me the Horizon. Like you don't, you don't have to be on that level to have an impact, man. You just got to care about what you do, love what you do. And 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 put your best effort into it, and you can create really dope things, man. So, um, you know, from from Jump Street with Tropic Bombs, it's always been thoughtful, it's always been dope, and it's always been curated to, to the to their ride or dies, man. And they and they and they go strong in the four one nine, and not just in in Toledo where we're from, man. Like they they have fans across the world too. And, um, you know, the, the 10 year anniversary vinyl was sick for nuclear honeymoon. And this has taken that on like a whole other level with, with, like I said, a, a game and the, the different options that you can do in terms of the donating options. So please, please go check it out. If you enjoyed that conversation, if you love dope art, if you love dope music, if you love dope creative con uh, concepts, this is really for you, man. So, uh, once again, tropicbombs.com. The link to the Kickstarter will also be in the podcast description for this episode, man. So I hope you guys go check it out. And uh, yeah, man, I want to say thank you to Ryan directly, dude. You know how much I love you, man. You're, you're truly a brother from another lover. Thank you for 
being there for me through some dark days and and also always thinking of me for for cool opportunities like this it's it's i just feel really really fortunate to call you a friend man and um i really appreciate everything you do you know you mean a lot to me and uh, I'm excited to use my platform to help shine a light on everything you are doing and what Tropic Bombs are doing because you're just, you're a good guy, man. You're a good guy. So on that note, that is going to be a wrap for this week's episode, the first episode, the debut episode of 2024. And once again, man, I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in, whether you're a first-time listener, uh, whether you've been with me from the beginning, whether you whether you joined me last year. All of you are important, and um, I really appreciate all of you who take the time to like and subscribe and share, leave comments, you know, rate it on Apple and Spotify. All those things go a long way in helping the show get out to more people, and ultimately, that's what I want, man. I want more people to discover, you know, dope artists like like my buddies and Tropic Bombs, and and I want people to be inspired by these conversations. And I hope that doesn't sound self righteous, but like I said, it just goes to show you, man. It doesn't matter if you're from Toledo, L.A., Nashville, Chicago you know, little rock, like you can have an impact, man. And, um, it just depends on how much you care, how much you want it. And, um, you know, what, what kind of, you know, legacy and mark you want to leave behind, man. So, um, you know, I, I thought that this was a really cool, unique, inspiring episode to start the year with just to show people of, you know, what you can do if you put your mind to it, man, this is a really cool, really cool project that Tropic Bombs is doing. And it's, it's indicative of what this show is all about. Perseverance moving forward, you know, um, there's a lot of bands who don't make it, uh, you know, five years, much less over a decade like Tropic Bombs is doing right now. And it's just because they have uh, a great sound. They're talented, but they also, they, they, they got big hearts, man. They care. And if you got a big heart and you care and you're authentic, you can do big things, man. You don't got to be, uh, you know, you don't got to be uh, an international artist, you know, that tours the world, like Bring Me the Horizon or Posty. And I love those those artists. You know, you can be a local band like Tropic Bombs from Toledo, Ohio, and have it have an awesome impact. So whatever it is that y'all want to do this year, man, let this be an example that you can make it happen. Tropicbombs.com, the link to the Kickstarter. Both of them are in the podcast description. Go hit them. Go support my dudes in Tropic Bombs. That's going to be a wrap for this week's episode. I really appreciate everybody listening. Happy New Year to you all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of my buds in Tropic Bombs, here is their single. Reignite. Peace.
否心寻觅？